everybody, and welcome in to the Prep Extra Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Jeff Ekstrom, and alongside me, as always, it is Luke Mullen. Luke, another day, another cloudy, rainy day outside. That's, I guess, the usual now when we record. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, the, the good news is for all you spring sports fans that we're saving the good weather for those days we don't record. We're getting uh, plenty of games in, I know, at least for baseball. A few rainouts, a few cold weather days, obviously that impacts the other sports too. But I feel like it's been a while since we've had a, you know, like a 70-degree day, a true spring day. Hopefully it comes soon. I was looking ahead, and I think we have one, like, this weekend or early next week, but it's like that Maybe day, Saturday. Yeah. and then it's just nope. Back yep. to the t- back to this type of weather. I mean, I'm usually not a I'm usually a decent fan of kind of weather like this because you stay indoors, get comfy. But it's April, yeah, and it, I mean it, it makes things tough for all these different sports. I mean, yep. especially something like golf where you're you're standing around and you really gotta spring into action or like track. I mean, you're outside at some of these meets for, for several hours to it. It really tests you to spring into action when you need to. Especially golf, too, cause like, and soccer, because they're not going to cancel because of windy oh, yeah. this. It's only rain. Um, so, But speaking of those sports, let's talk about some of them, including soccer. And Luke, let's start on the girls' side. Uh, starting off in the Class A, seeing the top two teams rated. Number one, Gretna, and number two, Omaha Marion. Of course, those rated by our own Brent Wagner. Make sure to go to journalstar.com to check those out. Both 7-0 and and on top of Class A. And Gretna's pretty much been in that position for the past two entire seasons. They've kind of been the team to beat. And really impressive, I mean taking down Bellevue East 4-0 and Miller North 2-0 in their last two games. And what's, what's kind of wild to me about the soccer season is it just flies by. I mean, we're, we're pretty much halfway through the regular season for soccer. You know, they, they got to get to districts a little bit earlier. And obviously, I mean, the amount of running they have, it, it limits the amount of games they can do per week uh, just to make sure these players are okay and, and safe out there. But, I mean, really you only get, you know, 14, 15, 16 matches during the regular season, if that. Uh, so being 7-0 and is a, a great position for both of those teams to be in. Yeah, sometimes I just forget how short soccer season yeah. really is and how jam-packed they have it in. But, I mean, on the girls' side, the bo- the girls' scene is really good in the city. Lincoln East at number 3, Lincoln Southwest at number 4, uh, Southeast at number 7, and then Pius, who's 5-1, and one, they're soon to be ranked. Some quality soccer here in Lincoln. Yeah, Pius just dealt first loss of the year to, to Southeast 2-0. Great game for, for the Bolts there. And definitely, I mean, you look at all those teams and some real battles early on. You know, we'll we'll get to previewing the week, but big clash today, Southwest and East, probably two best girls teams in the city. Um, so that'll be a really fun one to follow, see who comes out ahead of that. And it's kind of interesting. We'll also get to preview in some of the other matchups, but there's no, like, hack or, like, city girls tournament which would be really incredible yeah Yeah. to to see all these great teams go up against each other and I mean they do get those matchups for their schedule but a tournament you know just just gives you a little something extra to play for so that would be that would be really great this year if they had it but yeah they need something like that because I know the metro does something like that so I think hack needs to follow suit because there's plenty of good quality soccer teams in the hack and just outside of Lincoln too Carney's been consistent the last few years uh, Norfolk and Columbus throw in a good team every now and then. So I think they need to put on a tournament. We start that discussion now. Do a <laughs> hack girls soccer tournament. 
Absolutely. And Fremont 4-3 and three this yes. year already on the girls' side, too. So a ton of talent. I mean, teams that can hold their own. And you can pick up some pretty big wins in those tournaments. Just get hot and, you know, give yourself some momentum for the rest of the year. Well, in other uh, scores, Pius defeated Southeast on Monday 2 to nothing to ramp up the rivalry there within the city. But let's go down to Class B where we have number one Norris. They've scored 36 goals and conceded zero, uh, including a 4 nothing win over Omaha Runcali last night. Their only loss is to Class A, Lincoln Pius the 10th. But, I mean, Norris, they were good last year, and they're right back out of this year. Yeah, I think I think the defense is even more impressive than the goal scoring. I think we mentioned early in the year they had two 10-0 wins to start off the year. Um, obviously, that, that 2-1 loss to Pius, their only setback for the year, but... I mean, beating a, a good Elkhorn team, 6-0, beating Waverly, 5-0, and you mentioned the Roncalli game, too. Um, just that, that level of consistency in defense is, is pretty impressive, especially, I mean, o- over the course of all those games, I mean, not having allowed a goal other than to Pius is testament to all those players and their hard work to, to keep those goals out. Yeah, most certainly. And then right behind them, you have number two, Omar Scott. Uh, they suffered a loss, though, second overtime loss, one to nothing. Uh, to Class A uh, Millard West. And then in the city, also Lincoln Lutheran, Raymond Central, slash Raymond Central. They're combined together on this team. They're ranked number four. And they're making some noise. 5-3 season opening win over Platteview, and they've outscored their uh, opponents 23-1 to in uh, five wins since. Pretty good year for, for girls' athletics up there at Lutheran. So they're just continuing it to the spring. I know they got some good track and field hopefuls, too. Um, so really impressive. Uh, set back against Columbus Scotus yesterday as well, 2-0. Uh, but that's another really good Class B team. So to be in the mix there for for state tournament contention is fantastic. And Scud as well, I think, is is probably one of the best teams in the state. I mean, only losses uh, to Gretna and Millard West in overtime to probably state tournament teams there in Class A. So they're going to be there the whole way, uh, challenging Norris. But haven't, you know, they they play a different schedule, but you know, have a lot of the same defensive dominance, haven't conceded a goal to a Class B opponent either. Man, some of these teams just absolutely dominate. Uh, Now moving on to the boys' side, starting in Class A. Number one, Creighton Prep. They're the cream of the crop. 7-0 on the season and topped ranked. Uh, And... That was now they're the only undefeated team left. Uh, the one before that, Papio South was unbeaten before falling three zero to Class B number one Omaha Scott. Um, but yeah, I mean, similar teams there at the top for boys uh, soccer. Definitely, it's it's kind of prep spot to lose at this point. Uh, that that South game really kind of elevated them, and you know South hasn't lost either. So pretty clear that those are probably the two most talented teams there at the top. Um, we'll we'll get into looking at the Metro tournament, but. Looking at prep schedule later in the year, they play a seven and one Gretna, six and one West Side, Millard West, and Elkhorn South. Two other teams that are probably looking at a state tournament run. So, really, that that later half of the the schedule for prep will really show what they're made of. Yeah, most certainly. And then uh, going down the rest of the field in a number ten Elkhorn South uh, is in there, uh, right there, the that eight nine ten area. Five of its seven games have gone into overtime or a shootout. The cardiac kids there. Uh, in Class A, man, that is just as a if you're a fan of Elkhorn South or a parent watching those, you're pulling your hair out throughout the entire game, and they've done that plenty of times. Definitely, and what's kind of interesting too is they seem to be a, a very defensive team. 
you know, three three games going to shootout that were 0-0, you know, through regulation and overtime, you know, ended up 1-0. And overtime lost, overtime win over Papio, too. That was another 1-0. Um, so very good, I think, at, at executing their game plan, doing what they want to do. Uh, so that, that type of team, I think state tournaments have shown, if you're good at that, it's, it's very difficult to break that down at, at Morrison Stadium. There's a lot of games that go into overtime or shoot out 0-0. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up over the entire season. Nothing like a shootout at Morrison oh, Stadium yeah. <laughs> during the state tournament in May. Uh, in the city, Southwest is still leading the way. Southeast and East, though, are right behind. Um, so a little more balanced this season on the boys' side compared to last year. It was more of just Southwest just blowing past everyone. Sure. And, I mean, this the Southwest team has been very impressive, Still very too. good, yeah. Yeah, all these players that have stepped up this year, I'm really excited to see them in some of these high-pressure games moving forward. But really do like, I think, some of the players at East as well. Um, they've got a lot of good things going for them this year. And, you know, to me, that that East team kind of has a, a feeling of a, a streaky team that could, you know, make it into the state tournament and be a really tough opponent. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of high hopes, I think, for, for that year's team. And if they can put it together these next couple of weeks, they can definitely realize it there at the end. Going down to Class B, Bennington, just like in football, is dominating in another form of football. Uh, they are number one in Class B. Um, they have outscored their opponents 32-2 to this season and have not conceded a goal in the last seven matches. Luke, they're just, Badgers are just dominating right now. Yeah, you got the Class B number ones on, on both the boys and the girls' side. Super impressive. And Bennington really, um, you know, a, a lot more, I think, 2 3 4-0 games as compared to some of those really huge uh, Norse victories. And they've, they've beaten some really good teams. I mean, looking at their schedule, three wins over Class A opponents and Ron Colley, Skyler, and, and Mount Michael in their last three Class B games. So they, they'll have some more tests coming up, um, especially the Eastern Midlands Conference Tournament. Should be a pretty good one uh, on the boys' side for sure, and that'll be a, a big one for Bennington to, to keep that momentum rolling. Behind them is, of course, Lexington and Omaha Scott. They've played some Class A schools. But right now, a little surprise in Class B. Look out for Waverly, 7-0 and on the year. Yeah, a lot of multi-sport athletes on that team. Um, a lot of great uh, players coming together. And I think, I think you know, they, they picked up a big win over Norris. Big rivalry win, 3-1 there uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago. And that was a big one. I think one of their, their best tests of the year, you know, maybe a – a few games that they might have expected to win kind of to start the year off right. And looking at their schedule, they'll, they'll probably be able to see Bennington at EMC. They play them in the season finale, and they'll also play Nebraska City, which is undefeated. So 7-0, I think Brent has them down at number 10, or you know they, they might be rising a little bit with some of those results, You know teams that lost elsewhere. But I think Jury's still a little bit out, but definitely having one of the, the best seasons in recent memory there. We will see down the stretch as we get closer to districts just a few weeks away, if you can believe that. Uh, going down to track and field, the big invite that over the past weekend was over in Omaha for the Omaha West Side invite. Um, and one of the better standouts of that uh, invite was Lincoln Pius's Kate Campos won the 100-meter uh, hurdles and dash in addition to being her state championship time in the 300-meter hurdles. And, man, Luke, she, uh, she flew out there. Just a junior, too, so plenty of room left to improve. I mean, you you get these track athletes who are, 
you know, just incredible at whatever event they end up choosing. And really, they're kind of racing against themselves, which is kind of a crazy thing to consider. So being able to beat that state tournament time, which really, I mean, that's when you're shooting for your best performance and and doing it in in late March, early April. I mean, she's got to be in in great form and consistency already. I just got to keep it up over the next couple of weeks. So great performance there at, at Westside for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because track and field really results during the season don't matter until districts. It's all about getting in shape, getting the yeah. right form. So you're playing or doing your best when it gets to the postseason. And if you're beating your state championship time from last year, I'd say you're in a pretty good position. Uh, then you have, if you go southwest Omaha and Ralston, Lincoln North Star found plenty of success at the Ralston Relays, including Connor Plant. Yep, part of uh, four of the six relay winning teams there for North Star. Uh, they had a, a few standout performances on the girls' side, too. I think the, the boys' team finished a little higher in the team standings. Um, but a lot of a lot of good, I think, sprinters and, and relay teams there up at North Star. And it's kind of interesting with how spread out all these different invites get. I mean, we'd love to – I know the LPS invite, that's a big one. Yeah. And some great Lincoln East performances at that one, too. Um, so just trying to to highlight some of these different teams, it'd be a lot a lot easier if we had you know all all seven Lincoln teams you know competing at the same track invite every week. So uh, great performances all over, and and like you said, it's it's just kind of a build up at this point to those big meets late in the year. Well, one of Lincoln High's sprinter went national this past week, and of course that Lincoln High's Dehaz Defraud. She took part in the Nike Indoor High School Championships in NYC, fifth place nationally in the 60 meter dash 7.55 was her time luke that's interesting because uh oh maybe that was hurdle so maybe i'm mistaken but regardless defron mightily impressive she's going to florida state and she showcased her skills on a national level yeah i mean forget about a, a regular season you know track invite somewhere in nebraska if you got the the chance to compete nationally i mean go out and go do it and of course i mean getting a top five team time um, you know, against probably some of the other best sprinters in the whole country. I mean, it just goes to show why she's such a high-level Division One recruit. And it'd be really hard to see anybody else, you know, taking some of those sprinting tiles at the state championship this spring. Lincoln I knows how to produce some sprinters here. Yeah, Darius Luff, break records. He's at Nebraska now, now DeFron. I mean, they got a little bit of a pipeline there here, uh, the Lynx do. Yeah, and I think uh, Javion Ludi, a, a football player too, he's doing a great job on the, the boys' side as well. Benny and Goy, high-level, yeah. uh, going to be a Division One prospect there. I think he, he does the hurdles and, and some of the relay stuff there too as well. So a lot of those players, you know, it's great training, uh, especially just to, to stay in shape with some of those sprints. And really, really, you know, it, if you have that elite speed, you yeah. can you can show it in a lot of different sports. Well, speaking of different sports, let's dive into baseball, Luke, and what's happened. We'll start in Class A, and I think the big headline this week is the hiccups Creighton Prep has as rated number one. Uh, they've had a little couple bumps in the road. Yeah, a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of moving here in in the the early month of the baseball season so far. And prep, you know, that I felt like I had to put them up to number one. I mean, picking up some huge wins over a lot of other big top 10 teams there in Class A. And immediately after, I mean, Bellevue West, last year's uh, state semifinalists who lost a lot of pieces and 
has been a, a little bit difficult start for them, but still a lot of talent, and they beat them. And then Millard South always, you know, when that pitching's going, yeah. um, a lot of talent there. Greg Geary gets his teams playing great high-level baseball, so they handed prep a pretty big loss uh, last night as well. A uh, pretty big matchup of, of two state tournament hopefuls there. Uh, so, you know, prep definitely in the mix. They had a lot of experienced talent coming back, but, I mean, missed the state tournament last year. They're a hungry team, and, and no doubt they'll they'll pick it up and, and get some of those big wins going again. Millard West drops to number three because of a pair of two-to-one losses, but shouldn't be too much worrisome about the wild or the cats right there. Lincoln East is interesting. Could they be number one next week? Only undefeated team left, Luke. And it, it's very possible, but the thing is, Millard South, Millard West still kind of standing in their way. Um, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the Millard West invite. All those teams will be there. And Millard West, I mean, they, they lost to a Kansas team, lost to Omaha Scott, those 2-1 losses. But if you look at kind of their, their season schedule, a lot of 5-2, 4-1, you know, 3-2, 5-3 games there for Millard West. I mean, really, if you think about the top team in Class A, you expect to win some of those games, you know, maybe 5-6, 7-8 runs, which is exactly what East has no. been doing. So, you know, the, the teams are built differently. Millard West more pitching heavy Spartans have a ton of talent throughout the lineup um, tons of great bats and I'd, I'd be super excited to potentially see a matchup between those teams and I think odds are there'll be a, a new number one once again in class a just depends probably whoever whoever wins that Millard West invite is, is sitting pretty good to be in that spot now I believe that there was a balk off for Lincoln East Indeed. to stay undefeated against Fremont yeah so uh, really wish I could have been out to that game. I mean, a great pitching duel. Uh, two Division I uh, players there, Jalen Worthley for East. He's going to San Jose State. And Carter Sintek for Fremont going to South Dakota State. And 0-0 the whole way, seventh inning. And, and Sintek, he, I think the bases were loaded. And he goes to the, uh, back into his windup, you know, because it, it doesn't really matter. You don't need to be in the stretch in that position. And he went to to step off then to check a runner. And it was... It was just a balk. I mean, a, a lot different move than what you would do out of the stretch, um, which is really tough. I mean, he threw a great game, so did Worley, and, and that Fremont team will, will definitely be able to make some noise. So credit to both those guys for going out there and competing. I've been on a team when we've committed a balk and we lost, so it's a balk-offs aren't fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know what? They're part of the game. Are they, are they even worse than losing on a wild pitch, though? Because <sighs> a wild pitch, you feel like you could – you could, yeah. probably could have done something about it. I mean, a balk is just kind of like, it's, I don't know. You moved your shoulder. Uh, yeah. like it's I don't, It's kind of like margins. A, a balk off is kind of like we didn't lose because you intentionally did something yeah. very wrong. Yeah. Wild pitch is kind of like, oh, boy, I could have easily not done that. Yeah. So, Both brutal. Maybe maybe we'll take a vote on it. <laughs> What's worse, wild yeah. pitch or balk off? Well, uh, and then, Luke, we you kind of t- touched on it a little bit too, but there really isn't a big – heavy favorite in yeah. class a at the moment and i think definitely last year uh millard south and probably Bellevue west they kind of established themselves as those top two teams really around this mark i think they were both like 14 and 1 15 and 0 really kind of in that regard and i mean prep and east they're they're well on their way to kind of doing that same thing millard west obviously as as well but i mean for all those teams it's there's a lot of teams in the two to three loss range and if they can keep it going, I, I don't see any reason why there shouldn't be, you know, five teams in the mix there 
continually trading places there at the top of Class A. Uh, it, within the city, then, you have uh, southeast and southwest are good. Northeast is coming along. So east is still, again, their top echelon of Class A. But then you got a, you got a trio of schools there that are doing well here, here in Lincoln. Yeah, what I, what I really like from southeast is the bats seem to be coming along um, early in the year couple one two you know three run games in their losses those were that was a really hurt them and they they beat a ranked west side team eight, eight six a huge comeback against a ranked class b team in elkhorn north 20 to 10 and then they beat elkhorn 14 to 9 and they they've got another big one coming up uh, some more big games on the schedule but a lot of talent in that southeast lineup um up there at number nine in my ratings and they can make some noise definitely southwest in the mix too and and northeast start off one in five, but some some wins recently, and definitely picking up some steam there as a a team looking to keep it going in the districts. Well, we move on down to Class B, and Luke, the chaos continues there. Another new number one. Yep, and is really interesting. I think Beatrice, you know, defending champs, losing two in a row there at the top. They are bound to be dropped from number one. Losses to Elkhorn North and Waverly. You know, two ranked teams, very good, and really, I think. It, would, it probably would be Norris going into that that spot. They were there with Beatrice the whole way last year, probably the most talented team in Class B. Then you got those pesky old Skyhawks from Scott, and they just go and Always beat. in there. They just go and beat the best team in the state, and you're like, oh, you know, maybe they're number one. Yeah. So I think really fine margins between Norris, Beatrice, and Scott, those top three teams in B. But, I mean, you look at the Skyhawks, and only losses are to Elkhorn South. Um, two times there, another top five team in Class A. I mean, they'll really be tested this weekend. They got some great games coming up, and they're just loaded again. Um, some great pitching performances to keep them through some of those low-scoring games. Uh, just got to keep the bats going to be that consistent number one team. Well, you have that trio of Scott, Beatrice, and Norris, and then right behind them you have Bennington and Mount Michael, who has pretty good resumes of their own. Yeah, Mount Michael, you know, a team that I kind of had on my radar as, I don't know, like a an edge of the top 10 contender in Class B, and they've just completely blown me away with some of their great results throughout the year. Only loss was to Bennington, 9-2 early in the season, and picking up some big wins. Um, some of the the great players um, in the state right now at Mount Michael, um, getting some homers, getting some uh, a great pitching performances out of them too. So just top to bottom, that team has been supremely impressive over uh the first couple weeks of the season and like i said only lost to bennington you know they it they got all these great players in boys soccer i mean they got they got the players in in baseball too uh beat waverly uh that's that's a great top 10 win beat platteview and mount michael early in the year uh some of their bigger games still yet to come and that's that's why there might not quite be at that level of those top three teams yet but right there in the mix and and soon to be tested in the same regard uh and then uh, a final shout out before we go on and luke it's lincoln christian again nine and one on the year they continue that program momentum yep ranked uh this week actually and got out got the chance to go out there and catch a double header against maxwell st pat's and combined no hitter wow with andrew johnson and uh reliever coming in you know se- seven innings and that's that's really tough to do I mean, Maxwell St. Pat's, I think it's their first year, um, first games of the year, actually, this week, co-op, um, trying to get some of those players out there. 
And what's quite interesting um, was talking with Kurt Earl, the athletic director out there at Lincoln Christian, and he made the point to me, I hadn't really thought about this, but, you know, this Maxwell-St. Pat's team, that's the only baseball team from North Platte area. North Platte, no Class A baseball team for Mm. them. Um, So kind of interesting to to have this co-op team be the only one. You know, most most of these Class A schools, they're pretty consistent with their baseball programs, but still hasn't quite picked up there in North Platte yet. Yeah, it's interesting because it was when Carney got theirs, that was long overdue. And North Platte's yeah. surprising as well because uh, I don't know if they're they're not in rich baseball history like Carney has, but North Platte's always had a consistent Legion program. Uh, they have the North Platte Plainsmen now, part of the yep. uh, Independent League Baseball. So, I mean, and they've had past teams there before. So that's like a town that likes its baseball. So I'm really surprised there hasn't been like a big push to get one because, I mean, they would get kids to go out and play. My my assumption is it it probably scheduling is it's got to be very difficult. I mean they're looking at a lot of a lot of road trips. Carney obviously yeah. they deal with that. They come to Lincoln a lot, and that's a a haul for them already. Um, you know, try to get in some weekend games is is really one of their you know best things. Um, you know, Columbus has has quite a few road trips, but maybe not as bad. So probably the the travel considerations yeah. is is probably the number one thing that they're looking at. Well, we're going to step away from baseball, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some football and how the state's 2023 recruiting class is looking in. Man, it looks loaded. Plus, looking ahead to how soccer uh, matchups coming up as well as the Millard West invite and others on the baseball side. You're listening to the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Prep Extra Podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. Jeff Ekstrom alongside Luke Mullen. And Luke, we're going to step away from spring sports for a second. And let's dive in to state recruitment on the football side, specifically with this 2023 recruiting class and how it's looking up to be one of the more impressive in state history. And, and this is in the middle of an era where I think this may – might be one of the best times Nebraska's produced collegiate athletes right oh, now abs- in football. Absolutely. I mean, last year, the last two years um, have been fantastic. We've seen F- uh, college guys go all out across the entire FBS. I mean, Noah Fant from Omaha South, he's a, a first-round draft pick yeah. in the NFL draft. I mean, there's a, a lot of crazy talent, you know, making their way through the college ranks right now. And I think we're, we're starting to see some of the effects – um, particularly these next next couple of recruiting classes coming up, um, seeing a lot of the efforts that coaches, you know, organizations, and everybody just involved in, in the state's high school athletics scene um, has gone into creating great high level um, college prospects here out of Nebraska. And a great time to touch on it right now. You got the the spring game coming up, yep, and plenty of summer recruiting team camps to go out to. A lot of players will, will be able to elevate the recruiting stock even more this summer. Yeah, most certainly, and yeah, Luke, I mean, 2018 class is good, 19, 20, 21, I mean, the list just goes on and on. We're probably in the midst of the best era in college recruits for Nebraska, but let's take a look at some of these uh, guys who are going to be going to Division One schools, and I think the crown jewel is going to go to Malachi Coleman, top 150 recruit. Georgia offered him, 
Oregon recently offered him. I mean, he's getting he's gonna be able to pick any school he wants to go to. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back here. I'll say, you know, going out to the the Lincoln East summer camp before the season started, and Malachi, not a whole ton of varsity production, mm-hmm. but you know, I just see him out there. He's six five, you know, he's one hand grabbing balls in the corner <laughs> of the end zone, he's beating linemen off the edge, and I'm like, hmm, this guy looks pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that I was calling up these college coaches and telling them to to give him some offers, but I mean it's it's clear how much athletic potential he has. And what's what's kind of the the burning question, I guess, for me is, you know, wh- where are these colleges looking to play him? I mean, he's yeah. a, a pure athlete, guy who can run, a guy who could be a, a wide receiver, you know, maybe even a defensive back, even though that's not something he plays right now, but he's got the size and the athletic ability definitely to do it. I mean, I, I think if if he wanted to be a defensive end in college, which is where he probably makes his greatest impact right now, really would need to bulk up and lose some of that speed that makes him so deadly. Um, So I'm sure every different program, all these offers he gets in, they probably all have different ideas of what they want to do with him. And that'll be a big part of his college decision, I'm sure, is is what position he wants to play too. Yeah, let's say I'm like, man, having a 6'5 guy who can dish out at 4'3", it's like... Geez, I don't want to put this guy at the end. I, I want to put him on a go route and just toss it to him in the end zone. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And I'm also interested to see where Nebraska is on his radar because that could be Nebraska could be swallowed up by all those big offers um, and just live in here in Lincoln. So I don't know. I don't think Malachi has really talked about that much. Um, but I mean, I don't know where Nebraska is in this picture. Yeah, what I will say is, you know, might not be an indication of of where Nebraska is looking to play him. But Mickey Joseph has has really been in constant contact with a lot of these different in-state guys. He's been the the big in-state recruiter so far ever since he took over at Nebraska. And he, he's been doing a great job, a lot of interest picking up um, among these in-state kids, and, and he's a big reason why. Also, shout out for Malachi and his charity work as well. I believe he set up a uh, uh, kind of a fundraiser at Muchachos the other day, and he's using the NIL era to his uh, advantage in helping others. So, And I think that's really, really cool to what Malachi does as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a great kid, Heart of Gold, has has gone through a lot in his, his personal life too, um, has come a long way to, to becoming a high-level Division One recruit. And so, yeah, I mean, just being a, a 17-year-old kid and, you know, being able to give back to the community, to, to kids just like him, um, just goes to show, I mean, how, how caring he is and, and how he can use those opportunities for good. Well, he may be the crown jewel of this recruiting class in Nebraska, but there's plenty of depth behind him. Eight guys ranked as three stars according to 24-7 Sports. And, Luke, this number can only increase uh, during the offseason and the fall when those updated recruiting rankings come in. Yep, and one of the the most recent three-star additions is Mason Goldman from Gretna. Uh, Super State offensive lineman, so not saying I put in a call to, to 24-7 either there, but... Uh, definitely one of the best linemen I saw all year, and I'm not surprised that there's some colleges looking at him. Very athletic, uh, can move, can really move the line of scrimmage. Um, so he's a guy that I could easily see shooting up uh, with with some of these other players that are already three stars. Well, Nebraska's already made their mark. Uh, Gunnar Katula from Southeast, Ben Brahma from Pierce, and Sam Sledge from Creighton Prep all committed to the Huskers. And, I mean, those are quality guys. Brahma, I think, is the highest rated out of all of them as a tied end. Uh, but you're gonna the other two, uh, Katula and Sledge, will be on the line. Yeah, I mean, you you got to love having those in-state guys coming 
you know, be wreckers along the offensive line. And particularly, I mean, Sledge just came out last year and I think probably made his case as one of the best, if not the best, offensive linemen in the state. Uh, Gatula, I mean, a tackle, good luck, no pass rushers. I mean, he was really just a brick wall in terms of block and pass rush, I think was his best attribute all year long. Really, I mean, teams knew to attack the other side or, or do anything they could to get past him. So both those guys have a lot of different strengths, I think, that that'll do him well at the next level. And then Bramer, I mean, he's, you know, playing C1, he's really the most athletic, you know, best talented, you know, receiver that you're going to see on the field. Um, and a lot of double coverage, and he, he just beats it. I mean, he, <laughs> he knows how to run, you know, jump, and, and do anything he can to get to the football. And I, I think, you know, in this Nebraska system, going to do a great job developing him as a tight end, you know, as a, a, a bigger, you know, bodied guy who can really get, get some great catches, tough, and get a blocking, well. too. Probably uh, needs Matt to Noonan put on some more weight a to, to be a tight end in college. But, yeah, that, that's mean, a guy who, star guys I mean, does a great job both offensive and defensive side of the ball, but probably looking more as a defensive end, I think, in college. 6'4", 225 right now, and just great, I mean, great strength. He's a, a guy who you watch and just bullies offensive linemen. And pretty much, I think every FBS team here in the Midwest has been in on him. Iowa, Iowa State, both the Kansas schools, Michigan State, Minnesota, Missouri, and also Stanford and Arizona State out of the Pac-12. So a lot of interest there for Nebraska. Big recruiting target for sure. And just a, I mean, hard worker, a guy who has a great attitude out there on the field. And that's that's definitely one of those attributes that that colleges are really looking for. And then in the midst of all of this is Zane Flores, the Gretna quarterback whose recruiting journey has picked up very, very fast for major Power 5 uh, schools, including Ohio State. And I mean, look, I think it was just all, I think everyone around the state was just like, it's just a matter of time until he takes off, and that has finally happened. Oh, for sure. I mean, anybody who watches him play, I mean, he just, he throws the ball hard. I mean, I I don't, I don't, I don't know how hard, else yeah. to, to put it, really. I mean, he's kind of like a Josh Allen out there. He's just a guy who has total arm talent, who's a, a total leader at quarterback, a guy who just gets the offense going. And, yeah, I mean, Bowling Green being that first Division One offer, and, and since then Kansas, Kansas State, Memphis, Missouri, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, Pittsburgh, and Washington, uh, the most recent uh, Power Five offer for him. You mentioned taking a visit out to Ohio State. I mean, I think that's going to be the interesting thing for Flores. I mean, he gets out there for team camps, and you really get the chance to see his arm strength, his accuracy, and, you know, I'm sure these coaches will be comparing him to the the other guys they get out there. And I, you know, being able to see him, I only can think that those camps will, will do a good job of working in his favor and really expect to see some more of those offers trickle in over the summer. And again, it puts Nebraska in an awkward situation because they've already taken a 2023 quarterback for Massachusetts. And I mean, it's tough just being like, sorry, we already got our quarterback room filled when he's like a guy who's getting major attention in your home state. You just don't say, okay, we're we're not, we're just not going to recruit him at it. It's an awkward position for Nebraska. Yeah, it's it's really, really hard for me, I guess, as a, a high school guy to to understand you know maybe why the Huskers aren't interested in him I mean I don't a lot of it might go down to offensive fit yeah um you know there's there's a lot of different aspects guys that are are maybe a little bit more mobile but I think he's got great athleticism so I 
I think there's there's a lot of ability to to keep improving at the college level. Um, but a, a guy like Zane, I you know he's only going to use that to fuel his fire. Yeah. He's he's going to have great opportunities wherever he goes. So I don't think he'll be he'll be too heartbroken. He has a lot of great opportunities regardless. Then you have other three stars, including Brock Knutson from Scott's Bluff, Benny Ngoi from Lincoln High, and Mason Goldman, who we've mentioned before from Gretna. But still, throw those guys in the mix who are going to go to the D1 level, and man, you got a loaded 2023 class, Luke. For sure. And, you know, Benny here, Lincoln kid, um, had a, a fantastic junior campaign. Um, like I said, mentioned him a little earlier, track kid. Athleticism's off the charts. Probably looking at kind of a defensive back there in college, I think would be his his best fit. And great hand skills, great physicality. Think he'll do a great job wherever he goes. And Newtson, another another lineman, another guy who's kind of been climbing up the ranks here last couple months. He'll be interesting to watch there as a senior. Um, really one of the the best uh, Western Nebraska products since Garrett Nelson that we've we've seen. So. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys go and the decisions they make as we progress more into summer camps um, and what not this summer. But, Luke, let's look ahead to what's going on in the spring sports season. Let's look at soccer first. And, of course, we already kind of mentioned it briefly, but the Metro Tournament is this weekend in both the boys and girls. Always a recipe for chaos is the Metro Tournament. Oh, it's a it's a great time. I mean, getting the chance to to play all these teams. I mean, you you can only schedule so many in your first, you know, five, six, seven games of the year. So, always the Metro Tournament is a great preview. You know, not necessarily who wins it will always win state, but it always gives you a, a great idea of who's looking who's looking to be a favorite. You know, what teams might come out of the woodwork and really surprise you, pick up some big wins in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, tournament time. This one is where you can like build. For districts and build off of that and trying to host so big metro tournament ahead this weekend gretna Omaha, marion elkhorn south and millard west teams to watch there in the city like we mentioned before big big matchups lincoln east will play southwest and lincoln pious x this week it's huge luke oh yeah i mean that east team you know a lot of expectations about them um you know southwest will be able to challenge that and as we mentioned, I mean, Pius team on the rise. You talk about a, a big game to put your stamp on your season, yeah. really establish yourself. I mean, East has been that team to beat in the city. So both of those games, I think, you know, those those opponents, they'll, they'll really be gunning for it, knowing that that gives them a leg up the rest of the season. On the boys' side, a little calm in the city, but... Luke, when you we talk about the Metro Tournament, I think everyone is just secretly hoping for another Creighton Prep Omaha South final. Yeah, and I mean, oftentimes that's that's how it plays out. Those teams have met uh, in the you know sometimes in the semifinal round, but yeah. they find a way to to meet each other at the Metro tournament pretty often. Really interested to see, as we mentioned earlier, Gretna and Westside, two other top five teams. So, I mean, you know, an off game for prep, and you never know somebody else at at the the rest of the pack could make a run. Those two teams, they're definitely in the mix. Moving on then then to baseball. Again, we mentioned it briefly. Millard West invite is this weekend. Uh, three of the top four teams, including five out of the top ten, uh, or excuse me, three out of the top four, and then four out of the top ten are going to be at that tournament. Number two, Lincoln East. Number three, Millard West. Number four, Millard South. And number ten, Omaha West Side. And, of course, more strong opponents are in there as well. It's usually a pretty loaded invite and a big um, – 
mark on how these teams will look when it comes district and state. First round, you get a, a big matchup between two of the best city teams, Lincoln East and, and Lincoln Southwest. And the winner of that uh, going up against winner of Millard South, Papillion La Vista. So very early on could be an, an East Millard South matchup. That's a repeat of the state tournament, a uh, big heartbreaker for East last year. So a lot of those players, they'll be motivated for that one. And looking, you know, looking at the bracket, could could easily see Millard West, Millard South repeat the state championship or could be Millard West, Lincoln East battle for, for number one in Class A. So I'll be following that one all weekend. Really excited to see the, the championship game. Then on Friday, you have Lincoln Southeast taking on Norris. Big challenge for the Titans. They may be number two in Class B, um, but, I mean, they have the talent to compete with anyone. So interesting to see how that turns out Friday, Luke. Yeah, I think I think these two teams schedule each other every year, um, you know, knowing that very talent-rich Class A team, very talent-rich Class B team, and always a good matchup. Uh, you know, speaking with Norris coach Sean Bartholomew a couple weeks ago, you saying they've got a lot of pitching depth, but obviously they'll be they'll be tested against some of these superior Class A teams um, who really have the bats in the lineup a little bit stronger than maybe Class B. And at at the same time, I mean Norris, man, they are just loaded top to bottom. Uh, I think we mentioned Kale Fountain, sophomore Florida State commit, and a bunch of other guys who are are looking to be college baseball prospects as well. Well, then to wrap up what's looking ahead for baseball, Fremont will play two of Class B's best teams, Mount Michael and Omaha Scott, in back-to-back days. Pretty good uh, corner of the state up there in, in yeah. terms of baseball talent. Um, so won't, won't have to quite travel as far as, you know, when they come to Lincoln or, or some of those other Metro games. And both of those teams, you know, Mount Michael and Scott, another big chance. I mean, wouldn't necessarily hold it against them to lose. I mean, Fremont, number six there in Class A, a fantastic team, made the state tournament in Legion Ball over the summer and made state and in the spring as well. So they're they're loaded, they're in the mix, and a couple big opportunities there for, for Scott to keep their ranking and for Mount Michael really to pick up their best win of the year. Well, that is what's ahead here in soccer and baseball. So plenty of great things to watch over the weekend if you're a spring sports junkie. And now, Luke, we're, I know you got mentioned it briefly, but where can we find you this week? Yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be at that Millard West invite. Might make my way down to, to Southeast Norris, you know, depending on, on how the day goes. And something else to mention, keep an eye on, on JournalStar.com. NSA discussing the state basketball tournament this week at their, their monthly meeting. So we'll have all the details online let you know how we're looking for, for state basketball next year. Yeah, because they're voting on a set format now, right? Yep, they will yeah. be. Uh, now, I believe it was Mike Sauter who uh, put together a poll and asking what format you liked, uh, what people liked best. I believe I liked the format where it was four days, but it was the two big arenas, no high schools. Yeah, I, I agree. Four-day four day tournament makes the most sense. Get as many games in there at PBA as possible. really gives a, something to play for. Um, you know, even if you do get those first round games, you know, maybe at the LPS site. Sorry to to break your heart there, Jeff. But even if you do get that, obviously something to play for to to make it to the semis. 
Well, yep, like we mentioned, make sure to check that out when it's updated on journalstar.com as well as all other gamers' uh, updates, recaps, ratings, features, whatever else uh, that you need for uh, a high school sports fan here in Nebraska. That's going to wrap things up from this episode. From Luke Mullen, I have been your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you so much for listening. Now go out and enjoy some spring sports.